Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. I am joined this week by Jake McGee. How are you doing, Jake? Ever present. Always happy to be here. That's what I like to hear. Um, and how's your week been? You been all right? Steady, Eddie. Can't complain. I've just been preparing myself, as always, for this week's show. Uh, quite right. Now, did you actually manage to catch any or the highlights of the Hall of Fame game that was on uh, last week? No, I can't say. Preseason in itself doesn't interest me, and, and the Hall of Fame game didn't particularly interest me. So, with, with my, my, as they would call it, soccer back NFL, <laughs> until, until the season really hits, I will just be living off the scraps. Like you say, the highlights, anything on YouTube, you know, I'll soak up the, the 10 minutes and then just keep refreshing Twitter to see if anything interesting comes up. Ah, quite right. Uh, well, for those of you who do have an interest in it, the Las Vegas Raiders defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars by a score of 27-11. to 11. That's it. That's all you need to know about the Hall of Fame game. It's, it's an exhibition game. We spoke about this last week. That's all it is. It's just an extra sort of pre-season game. And uh, we are into pre-season now. Pre-season's coming, uh, in fact, Friday, this Friday, we've got uh, a few the, the first preseason proper games. We usually don't expect to see too much of the starters. Folks doing a couple of series maybe at the beginning. Some teams don't even play any starters in week one of preseason. Like, nobody. Uh, they, they tend to like to sort of just bring them in as preseason goes on. Uh, which is understandable, I suppose. I mean, you don't want too many... Um, you, I mean, if you're at week one, you don't want to be throwing your guys straight into it right off the bat. I like to sort of ease them into it a bit, just to ramp up for the season. Um, so I, I can get on board with that. But we are. We've reached week one of preseason. Um, there's a few games going on. Patriots, Giants, Ravens, Titans, Lions, Falcons, the Jags and the Browns, Eagles, Jets, Bengals, Cardinals, 49ers, Packers, Washington, uh, Commanders, Panthers, Bears, Chiefs, Bills, Colts, Steelers, Seahawks, Bucks, Dolphins, Texans against your New Orleans Saints. Um, we've got the Broncos, Cowboys, Chargers, Rams, so all Los Angeles there. And then the Raiders are taking on the Minnesota Vikings in the final game of uh, week one preseason. I'm, I'm kind of with you, Jake. I don't pay too much attention to the actual games. It's more about what happened. Although... I will watch the the highlights of, of the Broncos preseason game, uh, generally just to see if there's any rookies who stand out. And of course, and you know, like you, I'll be keeping a, a weather eye on social media, Twitter in particular, just to check for any news. Hopefully, not too many injuries. Uh, and speaking of the news, we've got some news. It's not an awful lot though, because it's been a pretty quiet week, hasn't it, Jake? Yeah, pretty quiet. I mean, one thing I did notice from the, the Hall of Fame game was the news surrounding Josh Jacobs and kind of him getting a lot of game time. Like you say, quite often starters might get a series or two, and like you say, towards the end they might get a series or two just to warm themselves up. But Josh Jacobs got a lot of playtime, which then circulated a lot of trade rumours and questions um, at the Raiders' running room. So there's always good stories that come from the, the preseason. And there's always kind of one or two um hype names as well you know people that you maybe not necessarily heard of they take their opportunity so it's it's always something to keep an eye out with the, the preseason and, and i think at the moment um there is um some joint practices the the books and the dolphins ironically you know tom brady and the dolphins uh are 
doing a, a joint practice and I think there's quite a few teams <laughs> that are doing them but that, that one is quite ironic so you wouldn't think that would be allowed would you you'd yeah. think somebody would be like ah this might not be a good idea to have Tom Brady around the organization while all of this is going on I'd be more, if I was a box I'm like right do not let Tom out of your your eyesight because <laughs> the Dolphins will probably try and tap him up again I mean it's entirely it's entirely possible it's it's that, be that. In the, you go, go into the urinal and someone from the dolphins, you know, front <laughs> office, will be like, so Tom, what do you what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Tom Tom's going in to relieve himself, and he's like, someone coming out of the stall behind him. It's going all right. What's going on here? Do you want to want to look at this contract? Maybe tell us what you think. Oh my goodness, that, uh, they, they, uh, you'd think they would. Somebody would just be like uh, this might not be a good idea. Let's, let's reschedule this. Yeah, yeah. We can practice with another team. We don't have to practice with this particular team. Uh, we'll see what's going on. Of course, we've also got the Detroit Lions coming to Hard Knocks as well. Um, that's going to be... Uh, in fact, it's, it, I think the first episode's already been in the States, but we won't yes. we don't get to see it till tomorrow. Tomorrow or Friday, oh. I think. Yeah, but later this week we see it. But yeah, it's, it's, the first episode is out, in, in, like you say, in America, so... Yeah, so that's hard knock. Something else to look forward to, particularly, of course, if you're a fan of the Detroit Lions, whom the spotlight is on this year. And uh, so what other news have we got, Jake? Well, we've got some deals. There was a couple of signings, like I say, quite a quiet week um, compared to last week. There's unfortunately been a few injuries. Um, there's been a supposed trade request and then a stadium name change. So it's where, where would you like to start? Oh, not with the stadium name change. I, I can't deal. <laughs> I, can't, I can't deal with that just now. Uh, there was there was uh, one, but one, one thing you didn't mention there, uh, which I believe you um, you tagged me on Twitter on, which was a, a former player getting arrested. Oh, apparently there was. I think, if yeah. I'm not wrong, saw another former player arrested or mentioned. Very recently on Twitter, from what I can see. So yeah, that one was Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, uh, dri- I, I would say supposedly driving under the influence, but the the mugshot tells uh, the the complete story. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> I, I think it's fair to say he was definitely driving under some influence. Um, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, go onto Twitter <laughs> and, and just look up Marshawn Lynch. In fact, just just look up Marshawn Lynch. It's probably the first thing that'll come up. Um, and you look at his mug. <laughs> mugshots he's under the influence of something i don't know what it was but another guy it was in vegas again wasn't it uh yes and uh, yeah there's another one today again vegas i mean it's what what was what was the one what was the other one you were going to the other one today is for it's posted by tmz so take it with a pinch of salt uh but frank gore grabbed a naked woman by her hair and dragged her across a hotel room's hallway during an altercation although this was in atlantic city uh which i think is new jersey that's Um, like the east coast version of las vegas so thankfully this wasn't vegas i'm sick sick of uh, every story about vegas is, is never good but yeah that's two retired running backs um, in the news this week, not for things that you would want no. uh, retired running backs in the news for. Ah, right, the, the the Frank Gore thing, I'm not going to speculate on. I've not seen anything, I've not read anything, and as you see, the source... TMZ. You know, although they, they do all seem to have the videos, don't they? I don't, uh, yeah. I don't know, they, they always get the There's video. There's no video, before. which I, I'm thankful for, because I don't want that on my Twitter. No, um, don't, don't but see yeah, that. At don't the moment, it's just, uh, just a story, so I'm sure... 
if there is anything to it, we'll see more um, over the next few days. Uh, yeah. Like I said, the Marshall Lynch thing, I've seen the mugshot. I think it's fair to say he was definitely definitely on, on something. I'm, um, I've, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. So apologies, Jake, because I know you keep hearing me repeating myself. Like, it seems like every other week or every few weeks I say the same thing over and over again. If you are a multimillionaire, which I'm assuming Marshawn Lynch is, uh, I, I could be wrong. Maybe he squandered it all the way in Vegas. Um, get a driver. If you're going out for the night, are you going to be partaking of alcohol, as an example? Um, <laughs> <laughs> as an example, I'm just going to say, you know, if you're partaking of in influences, influences, substances, <laughs> using alcohol as an example, um, get a driver. Just get someone else to drive. If you're a multimillionaire, I'm pretty sure you can afford to, <laughs> to have a driver on standby 24-7. Just take me to the airport. Take me to the shops. Take me to, <laughs> I don't know. Take if me to it, church. If only, anyway. if only there was lots of apps like, you know, Uber or Lyft or if any of those companies want to sponsor us, you know, I'll, I'll name just yours. Oh, but if absolutely. only there was multiple services that, you know, I mean, you don't have to drive. I mean, and, and, it's, it's really not hard. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure I was watching um, something oh, a long time ago now. I don't remember what it was. Uh, but they were talking about Las Vegas and they were saying it's, it's, not, a, it's not a particularly car-friendly city. Uh, because it's dependent on a, on so much tourism, a lot of foot traffic. So it's like big, huge uh, pavement, uh, what do they call them? Sidewalks. Huge, wide sidewalks. And there's a lot of pedestrian things. It's not a car-friendly city. So um, why would you even want to drive there <laughs> anyway? Um, and, you know, I, listen... I've got nothing against people wanting to drive. If you're a multimillionaire and you can afford, you know, Lamborghinis and uh, Maseratis and Ferraris, whatever supercar you want, whatever kind, of, that's fine. And if you want to drive it, that's fine. And if you want to drive under the influence on your own private racetrack, I don't care. But don't do it in public. Don't do it on public roads. How many times do we... Do you know, I'm starting to sound like Stephen A. Smith when he says, you know, stay off the weed. Well, it, it's the same thing. Get a driver. Stop driving if you're under the influence of a substance or, or possibly more than one substance. <laughs> Judging by the mugshot, I don't know. It's difficult to tell, but oh my goodness. It's like another one. Every time I hear of these superstars, and, and Marshall Lynch is an ex-player, but he is still an A-list celebrity. Let's not kid ourselves on here. I was uh, re-watching some Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and he was on there. You know, <laughs> Marshall Lynch, you can't get away from the guy. He's a celebrity. You can afford a driver. If I was, honestly, Jake, see, if I was a millionaire, I'd have a driver literally on call 24-7. I would never drive anywhere unless I really, really wanted to. And if I really wanted to, I'd say to the driver, give me the keys. He's like, hell no, you're drunk. Okay, then. <laughs> That's, I'd pay him to say that to me. Ah, what's going on? 
What's going on no. with these people, Jake? Do you understand it? I'll never understand it because whether you're a millionaire or you're on your last, you know, dollar, there's there's so many other ways to get home. You know, if you're on in, you know, in, in well, substances, um, you know, it's just so unnecessary. I'll never understand people who, you know, drunk drive or, like you say, drive under any kind of substance because, like you quite right, say if you're on your own property and you know the only person you can hurt is you. <laughs> go at it because I couldn't, you know, if anything happens to you, it's your own fault. But when you're in public and you're putting other people at risk, that that's where it's just, it's you know, you've got to draw a line of just saying it's acceptable. And you say, you know, fun and games, laughing at the, the mugshot because it's, you know, I think I tagged you saying that, you know, not guilty because, you know, <laughs> you look at look at it 100%, you know, there's no hiding it. But, you know, it is a very, uh, very serious subject in terms of, you, you know, there's nothing worse than when you, you know, put on the news or you open up the internet and you see, you know, drunk driver kills, you know, three. And it's like, well, you know, those three people didn't do anything. They they were just, you know, going about their day. That's it's, true. That's I'll, true. I, like I say, never understand it. Yeah. We're, 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 um, I'd like to point out, I'm not trying to make light of the situation that somebody was driving under the influence of any substances, because, of course, we know what dire consequences that can have. It's obviously happened in the past on far too many occasions. And the unfortunate truth is it will continue to happen in the future unless people just don't, do not do it. Uh, the reality is no one should ever drive any vehicle under the influence of anything whatsoever. Just, just don't do it. For not so, Never mind, as Jake says, never mind your safety. It's the safety of others. What you do on your own private road, that's, that's up to you by yourself knock yourself out literally i don't care but uh yeah uh, it was just when when i saw that when you you tagged me in twitter and i looked at it and there was just something with the picture i was like how do, do, do you even how do you even think you're going to get away in las vegas in las vegas where the police are literally looking at every single car thinking is he drunk is she drunk are they drunk possibly that they, they probably do more um, random, I don't know what they call it, uh, r- random stop stops. And search or- yeah, uh, d- random stop and search in Vegas than, than anywhere else on the planet. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's, it's the nature of, of the, you know, the city. So, oh, just my goodness, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it when, when I saw that. Um, uh, and as I said previously, the Frank Gore thing, not going to comment. I know nothing about it. Yeah, it's, that's only just come out. So, like I say, I'm sure over the coming days, if there is anything to it, um, we'll hear more about it. But it's it's really disappointing. Like I say, Frank Gore for most of his career, I've always thought of him as you know a legend. You know, by the book. You know, great teammate. You know, great leader. And, you know, you don't stick around in the NFL without being a great guy. And it's like, it, I just hope that isn't true. Um, but normally, there's no smoke without fire. So we shall see over the coming days. But it's like you say, refreshing Twitter sometimes is a dangerous game because you see these role models and you're just thinking, come on, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, it's just insane. Um, so uh, moving on from that, uh, is there any other news going on there, Jake? Well, news-wise, the only other kind of news article I've got is the, the name of the stadium changing. Um, and then, like I say, there's all things players in terms of deal signings and injuries. So it's... Depends. Are you mentally prepared enough to talk about a stadium name change? Do you know what? We're going to have to get to it sooner or later, aren't we? <laughs> Bite the bullet. So, um, go for it. 
go for it. Well, tell us, uh, tell us the absolute travesty that occurred earlier this week. Yeah, <laughs> your in your eyes a travesty. The the good news for me is that at least it's a local company. Um, but the Paul Brown Stadium, or the nickname the Jungle, um, has been renamed to Paycor Stadium. Um, now Paycor is, a, I think, it's a HR company based in Cincinnati. Um, it's a 16-year agreement. There's not any information that I've seen as of yet on the money. Um, but yes, the Paul Brown Stadium, obviously named after the the, the great man himself. Um, I'm interested to see if they still call it the Jungle. Um, cause, you know, over the last few years, everyone's just kind of called it that. So we'll see if the Paycor have put in their contract that it's specifically only to be called the Paycor Stadium. Um, but like I say, it kind of reminds me of Heinz Field in terms of at least it was a local company. You know, it's not just a random name. But I know how you feel about these historic kind of stadium names and yeah, things like that. I do. And actually, although it is a local company, this is, in my opinion, is one of the more egregious renamings. And I'll tell you why. Paul Brown, for, for anyone who doesn't know who Paul Brown is, Paul Brown uh, is one of the most influential people in the history of the sport. It's just He's just, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. The Cleveland Browns are named for Paul Brown. That, that, that's who they're named after is Paul Brown. Now, you might say, well, if that's the case, why is Bengal Stadium named Paul <laughs> Brown Stadium? I understand that. But back in the 60s, now I'm, I'm, I'm get, probably going to get my years wrong here. I'm going to say 63. I might have been 62. I'm not sure. Um, Art Modell, who was the owner of the Cleveland Browns, he... he uh, bought the Cleveland Browns, fired Paul Brown. Okay, and it was um, I, I'm not sure of the exact details, but I, I, I believe one of the rumors was that Modell had come out and said he didn't think that the team, the Cleveland Browns, could win under Paul Brown. Now keep in mind that uh, Paul Brown was the coach when they went to like ten straight championships and won seven of them. With the Otto Graham, uh, era. Otto Graham era, yeah. So Paul Brown was was the coach then. He he reinvented the entire sport with the the implementation of the different formations and the, the like the heavy use of the passing game, and and he was just just com- a complete visionary. He was thirty years ahead of his time. He really was. So what happened was Art Modell fires Paul Brown, and Paul Brown was like. Um, not too happy with this. And I believe uh, he was going to buy the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, again, I'm not 100% sure of this. I think he was going to buy them, but it he didn't want to do, he did, it didn't go through. So basically what happened was um, the AFL had formed by this time. As I say, it was the early 60s. And they put a franchise in Cincinnati. And Paul Brown, who wanted to stick it to Art Modell, founded the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and I believe, I, I can't remember the, the name, the reason that they were called the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but Paul Brown founded the Cincinnati Bengals and then brought them into the NFL as part of the AFL-NFL merger. 
Um, and, and Paul Brown was just, he was this absolutely, uh, you know, like Mount Rushmore level of people in the NFL. Paul Brown would be there, along with guys like, you know, Vince Lombardi, you know, Lamar Hunt and George Hallis. People of that, I'm saying, you know, Mount Rushmore is really four of them. Is it four? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's like right up. The, the biggest names in the history of the NFL, Paul Brown is up there. And for the Bengals to change the name of the stadium of the guy who founded it, the entire franchise, I'm just going, no. What are you doing? Now, I, again, I, I get it. It's money. Do we have any idea what the, 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 the details on the deal for the no, it change? just has a sixteen-year agreement. Doesn't mention any any price. The other thing is, if I'm right. if I'm the CEO of Paycor or Paycor Paycor P A Y C O R Paycor, if I'm the, the the owner or CEO of that, uh, and I'm saying, oh, we're the new sponsors for uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals Stadium. If I'm from Cincinnati, I, I'm not naming it after my company i would just have like my company plastered all over it do, do you know what i mean i could be in the background of all the interviews and it would be on the front of the building when you come in but it would still be called paul brown stadium this is that's i mean what what's where does it end seriously what you know you're gonna have the vince lombardi trophy will be renamed the looking for a company <laughs> I don't know, Gibson guitar trophy? Like, like what? You can't stop selling every blade of grass in the NFL, please. I'm sorry. I, I've I've done this. We've talked about this at length, and it's just it it makes me all wound up again. And the, and this is a this is a team, the Bengals. I don't even care about the Bengals. I they don't. It doesn't matter to me if they win the Super Bowl or go 0 and 17. I don't I don't care about them at all but what i do care about is when you've got a team with a legacy of paul brown in the in the legacy of the team the man who founded the team who, who started it all brought them into the nfl and then you literally just yeah i'll give you a few million quid okay forget paul brown boom gone what no don't do that, that that's ridiculous well the bengal's president mike brown the son of Paul Brown said, this is a move that I think my father would have agreed to. He was always for what is best for the football team. And obviously kind of pointing towards, I think the Bengals are one of the few teams that don't have an indoor practice facility and that their facilities are way, way behind. And yeah, but in I terms mean, of money, yeah, but, they, they but were that's, looking. Well, I know, but that's not right. Okay. So you're saying, are they behind because of money? This money they're getting from Pico is not going to, is not, the reason they don't have a facility. That's because the owners haven't built a facility. And it's not because the owners don't have any money. That would literally, that would be like, like Jerry Jones saying, oh, we need new showers. We'd better get a new sponsor. Well, you can't afford new showers, Jerry. Seriously? It's just, I don't know how much, sorry, what's the son's name? Bob Brown's son? Mike. Mike, I don't know how much he's worth. I've no idea. For all I know, he's the man's destitute. He could be, but I seriously doubt it because someone's writing those checks to those players. Well, that's another thing I was going to go on to. You know, their, their facilities, but also they've found themselves a franchise quarterback who in a year or two is going to be getting paid 
an awful lot of money, you know, quarter of a billion, half a billion, whatever <laughs> that the figure is going to be. Yeah, they've got to get that money somehow. So I understand what you're saying, but considering the the president is, you know, Mike Brown, if anyone was going to be, you know, more kind of care more <laughs> for for the, the name of the stadium, I, I would assume it'd be Mike Brown. Well, he's, yeah. he's doing this with in mind that Joe Burrow is has got to get paid sooner rather than later. I and I I get that. <laughs> I do get that. And do you know what? He's, he's probably 100% right. And if, if Paul Brown was alive today, he probably wouldn't even want the stadium named after him. But the fact it is named after him, and it was named after him for a reason, because he's so instrumental in the, in, in the history of the franchise. And saying, oh, well, my dad wouldn't, you know, he, he would think this is the best thing to do. I get that. He probably would. But you're talking about, I'm not saying this is wiping out the legacy of Paul Brown. Don't, don't, not nowhere near. I'm not saying that. But there's just, there's no need for it. They don't need the money. They don't need the money. I'm I'm convinced. No one, no one will ever be able to convince me otherwise that the owners of these NFL teams need an extra 10 million a year. They probably make an interest from the bank. It's, it's oh, rich people stay rich. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but then I, the way I see it, and I kind of point towards, because it's very similar in, in what they would call soccer or, or our football nowadays, that they, they will rename the stadium to, you know, like you say, any kind of brand that will, will sponsor it. Um, but yeah. what I hope happens is if they do get a new practice field, facilities, they name it after Paul Brown or what they tend to do, you know, in in football and in, in terms of my fi- my football club we've got the, the, the sir howard kendall stand you know you name part of the stadium uh, after it, so. uh, yes yes i so, well, hopefully, so i'm sure they will yeah. look to do something like that but it's gonna be happening more and more and like you say it will get to the point um where they are quite literally probably selling blades of glass you know there's a, a football <laughs> team at the moment with <laughs> barcelona that are probably looking to do that they, they, they're allowing weddings they're allowing all sorts because it's just all Money, money makes the world go round. So I just, I know it. Do, I know it does. I, I, I get the, I get the financials. You know, I understand that they're like, well, do you know what? We, we can either make ten million quid or not make ten million quid, like every year, and and I, I understand that. But ah, do you know what? It's just, it's, it's, it's just me, Jake. It's, it's just me. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be people that agree with you, but it, it's one of those. It, it's going to happen. I know. It's going to continue to happen, and. It's going to continue to, you know, sometimes you think, you know, Paycor, at least it's not horrendous sounding. Sometimes you think, like, really? that I know, like, they must have been paying you a lot of money to accept that, you know, there's some names. You're going to see a Little Caesars again, aren't you? Well, it's just Caesars, <laughs> but, you know, it might well be Little Caesars. Oh, that's pizza, but, yeah, it's just Caesars Stadium. And, but, yeah. you know, like I say, the thing that annoys me with that is that, you know, five ten years ago the saints were the mercedes-benz superdome now the falcons are the mercedes-benz superdome like, well that's confusing because you know if someone wakes up from a coma and you'd be like oh we're going to the mercedes-benz superdome they're like oh sweet i love louisiana they're like no 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 we're going to atlanta, atlanta. Like, what atlanta georgia <laughs> it's like you know it just that that kind of thing confuses me you know you can't have if you name a stadium a certain thing another team then shouldn't be able to name that stadium that's that's very well, true actually these big companies you know if they've got enough money well you know we could end up 
with one company or maybe Tesla or, you know, Amazon could just buy like four or five stadiums and be like, yeah, we've got Amazon Stadium One, uh, Amazon <laughs> Stadium West, Amazon Stadium East. And oh, just, uh, you have four or five stadiums each. It, you know, the worrying thing is that sounds absolutely plausible. And yes. I, 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 I would, that would, oh, that would be awful. That would be the worst thing ever. I was like, so oh, when no. when that happens, I will join you on on the high horse. I'm, okay I'm, then, <laughs> and and stick with you. But for, for, for the time being, I'm just begrudgingly accepting that money makes the world go round. Fair enough, Jake. Fair enough. I think we can we can skip over the <laughs> skip past the peak or stadium now. Um, yes, I, I understand. We, we did it. We covered it. We 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 did cover it. Unfortunately, we had. It. But that's what we do here in the Winterfell Show. We cover the hard topics. It's the tough news that we bring you. Mainly tough to, to Ian's poor heart. But. <laughs> I'm not sure I could last an entire season of this. I'm not sure. We'll see. I'm to see seriously what. concerned that if anything happens to you, your wife is going to blame me at this point. <laughs> My job is to control the blood pressure on a Wednesday evening. <laughs> oh, shall we move on, Jake? What, what else have we got on the agenda? Well, seeing as we, I'm going to take one on the chin here, seeing as we've just spoke about the stadium and you, I don't know if, you know, you cast your mind back um, a few weeks ago, a player signed for the Falcons and I made the, a nice joke about how long it takes to, to sign with the Atlanta Falcons and uh, to realize that uh, absolute uh, garbage, hot garbage and retired. It was two weeks. Yeah. Well, joke's on me because this week the Saints signed Kiko Alonso who previously played for the Saints in 2019, um, he re-signed. And after one practice in the Louisiana heat and humidity, he retired. <laughs> so if the answer is did how long say, did it take to retire? Sorry, did you say one practice? Yep. <laughs> one practice. He realized, this ain't for me. You know what? I, I liked being at home. I, uh, right. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm tougher than Kiko Alonso because I'm not. But I reckon even I could manage one and a half. You know, like midway through the second one, I'm like, well, that's me done, coach. That's me done. But then I don't know what the practices are like. And I'm assuming the heat and humidity in Louisiana in August is pretty rough. Unbearable. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's got that, to that's be. enough to make anyone who was basically half retired, you know, hadn't played in a couple of years because of injury. You know, that was probably a reality shock of just being like, you know what? It's not actually that bad being retired. <laughs> but I, I just, as soon as that came up, I was like, oh, really wish I didn't make that joke about Atlanta you know, a few weeks ago, you know? Yeah. At, le at, least they, at least they got friendly two fire. weeks. They got two yeah, they weeks. got two weeks before the guy was like, I'm out. You Saints got one, you know, a position of need linebacker. They got, okay, we'll bring in a familiar face. And the familiar face went, I'm all right. <laughs> so, can't help but One. think we should have just re-signed Quan Alexander but I'm sure that won't come back to hell on us <laughs> hey do you know who you might be able to get a hold of a certain gentleman who's uh, asked for a trade why don't you uh, let us know about that <laughs> that's a lovely segue yes indeed uh, I would, I would hate to think how much it would cost but I would be over the moon if one Roquan Smith um, became available to the Saints now he has requested a trade um it's a really interesting one because from the sounds of it, the Bears have made somewhat of an offer. Um, it was more of a backloaded offer. 
Roquan Smith basically came out and said that it would be a terrible deal for him and a terrible deal for basically all linebackers. He's obviously concerned that the, the linebacker market. Um, I mean, it was going to be my random stat, but I found another one. He's the only player in the NFL with 500 or more tackles and 40 tackles for loss since 2018. He's, you know, basically the heartbeat of that team, especially defensively. I mean, you think of the Chicago Bears, you probably think linebackers for the most part. You know, he'd probably, you know Mike Ditka. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, historically. Yeah. Historically. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone I mean, he mentioned threw... in a massive statement about, you know, going through the holes and, and seeing all the linebackers. You know, he, he wants to be there, but... Yeah, what were you going to say? Oh, well, I was just going to say, you're absolutely right. Historically, you think of the Bears, it's linebackers. You go, go back to, you know, um, Richard Dent, you know, all the way through to Brian Orlacher. Uh, I mean, you, you go back right, right from the 80s right through to today, or at least the 80s, possibly even further back, Chicago Bears, defense, linebackers, Hall of Fame linebackers. They're full of them. Mike Singletary. Lance Briggs. <laughs> Lance Briggs. Uh, and because. when Ro- when Roquan when Roquan oh I can't even say his name Roquan Smith came in, they'd just signed Khalil Mack, hadn't they? When it must Roquan have been Smith, roughly around the same, yeah, same time. Yeah, I think he came in as a rookie, and Smith uh, uh, Mack, sorry, was either in his first or second year with the team when they drafted Roquan Smith, and he looked fantastic. Uh, he looked absolutely bright. Yeah, if the Saints could swing that one, but not spend too much money. That'd be a great move for them. It's he's gonna have no no uh, shortage of suitors. Um, he has basically finished it by saying that he hasn't had a chance to talk to the the McCaskey family, and maybe they can salvage this. Uh, salvage this, but as of right now, I don't see a path back to the organization I truly love. But similar to what we were saying about the stadium, money makes the, the world go round. If the Bears all of a sudden realize they're making a huge mistake, and that's with a you know a franchise quarterback or what they hope is a franchise quarterback it's no use if your defense is absolutely barren i mean this off season there's been rumors about them trading uh, robert quinn who are 18 and a half sacks last year because of his cap number now their linebacker and their star player is unhappy and they maybe trading him i mean it's it's worrying times for chicago bears and chicago bears fans because they don't really, I, I don't understand their cap situation. You know, a lot of teams have, you know, a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers taking up a lot of the cap. Who's taking up the Bears cap at the moment? Like, pay Roquan Smith. It, to me, it doesn't seem that hard. Pay, pay the man his money. Uh, you absolutely would. I mean, you're talking about who's taking up the cap money. Um, it's, it's, I mean, they've got their quarterback on the rookie deal. So you can't even say it's, uh, you know, oh, Justin Fields is costing us, you know, 20% of our cap. That's not the case at all. It's yeah. it's it, it speaks to I know he'll always take the, the bullets at the moment. Ryan Pace um, because he's the, the former general manager. But what is going on in Chicago? That's you know Robert Quinn's getting paid a lot of money. You, you know you paid him that money, so you're looking at trading him because he's costing you a lot of money. But he's also getting you a lot of sacks. So he's mm-hmm. doing his job. Um, and then Roquan Smith, yeah. One of the most important positions on a defense is your your inside linebacker, often the the quarterback of the defense. They say, and you've got probably one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL at the moment. And even if you do sign him, you've annoyed him. Um, so that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. So it was a, a bit late now. 
yeah, it'll be better late than never if you do pay him. You'll probably have to end up paying him more than you would have if you just come gone with a good deal to him. So it's going to be something to keep an eye on over the next few weeks. I'll, I'm sure a lot of teams will be keeping an eye on it because if he does become available, like I say, there'll be a few teams phoning. That's for sure. It's just what can the Bears get for him because he's a phenomenal player. But yeah. if they put in a trade and they want out, that brings down the value quite a bit. It, it does, doesn't it? That's when you know a player wants out. It's like, well, I don't have to give up a farm because the player's not happy. So, yeah, I mean, and and do you know what? Why should he be happy? And as he said himself, I, I obviously none of us know the the intricacies of the offer. But he said, you know, if if I take this offer, uh, it's it's bad for everyone, like, uh, and like all linebackers. So it must have been so bad that he thought, if I accept this, no one will ever be able to command big money. Because, I mean, clearly he knows how good he is. You know, maybe it was just like so low that he thought, well, you know, if I take this, then anyone who's as good as me or maybe not as good as me isn't going to get paid at all. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll have a look at that uh, later on. But Roquan Smith demanding a trade. I was sort of requesting a trade, wasn't he? He wasn't demanding a trade, was he? No, just requesting it. Put out a, a big statement, just kind of outlined it, saying his side of it. Like I say, he's left the door open and said, you know, he's not saying it's, you know, completely I'll never play for this team again because he does love the Bears. He loves playing for the Bears. He loves being a linebacker for the Chicago Bears. Um, but I'm sure he would also love to get paid like the player he is. So we shall certainly keep an eye on that. Uh, one man who did demand a trade uh, over in Cleveland was Kareem Hunt, the running back that he's looking to get out. And uh, I understand, Jake, is it true that the Browns actually rejected his request? <laughs> yeah, that, all, that always makes me laugh. You know, imagine going to your boss and saying, I want a trade or, you know, I want out or I quit. And the boss just goes, nah, no. you don't accept. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose when you've got a contract and you've signed the contract, it's one of those who are just like, mm, doesn't really suit us. So, so no thank you, but... Yeah, Kareem Hunt looking for for a trade because, again, it comes down to money. He's looking for an extension. Cleveland probably said, we're not looking to extend you or pay that money. So he said, I want a trade. And Cleveland went, we're also not going to do that for you. So probably a rough week for Kareem Hunt. Well, what would you do in this situation? Would you sit out? You're allowed to do that. Sit in, whatever you call it. Um, very, very mixed about it, especially, I, mean, I think Le'Veon Bell was the guinea pig for, for everything. <laughs> he was at the top of his game. He was. You know, we are, we, yeah, we spoke league. about that before. He was the, and the he man. Out being like, yeah, he was sat out going, I know my worth, I'm amazing. And then Steelers didn't really miss a beat. So if Kareem Hunt you know, does hold in or hold out, he does risk just getting replaced because it's seemingly like the the running back position has been devalued and he is a good player but I mean we've we've spoken before about you know the Shanahan's as well they pick someone up from the street and get them 100 yards a game so yeah. it's, it is a risky one if you're an agent of Kareem Hunt right now you're like maybe we just maybe we just play or hope a team comes in with a good offer and the Browns go oh, fair enough we will listen to it but I, also you know a lot of people talk about the Browns have uh, maybe the most talented backfield in the NFL Obviously, I disagree with that, being a Broncos fan. Um, but, you know, Kareem Hunt is there. He is a good player. But the other guy, he's pretty good too. Yeah, especially, yeah. Normally, it's, you know, especially if when you're talking about demanding a trade, it's, you know, the first wide receiver or the first running back. When you're kind of 
sat behind Nick Chubb. Yeah. Browns are probably going, mm, we're going to keep you for th- third down and, you know, change of pace. We don't really care if you're that happy because we've got Nick Chubb. Um, it is the last year of his contract. So maybe the Browns will try and get something for, you know. Again, I don't think that works into his favor, though, because his trade value must be so, you know, running backs don't have great value as it is. No. He's in the final year of his contract, so why would you trade for someone who's going to be available next year anyway? So the Browns kind of do hold all the chips as far as, you know, just from an outside perspective, and, you know, I've not really read into all of it, but from where I stand, the Browns kind of have all the leverage at the moment, so I'm not sure what, what Kareem can really do to force his way out. Like you say, he can sit, but they'll probably be just fine, and then it'll just bring down his value next year, so... It's a, it's yeah, a tough one. probably will because he, you know, as as you said yourself, the running back position is just not valued that highly, and you'd argue he's not even the number one running back on the team. So I, I don't think you'd argue. I think that's a fact. Well, yeah, I mean it, it is. Nick, let's, Nick Chubb's the the guy. Uh, Kareem Hunt is a, is a a good player, very talented. Uh, but Nick Chubb is the guy there, and to for your second string running back to say, "Oh, I want out." Well, that's fine. We'll grab some. <laughs> we'll, we'll get anyone off a practice squad to be the second man up, unless you know, God forbid, someone happened to Nick Chubb in preseason or you know week one. Um, then I, I don't see why the Browns. But then why would you refuse the trade? I don't understand that because you're gonna. If because he wants it, out, just say fine. On you go. We'll get someone else, and we'll get a third rounder for you, second rounder for I, you. I, I think if someone offered a second or third rounder, they'd take it. He's not got that value. You know, say running backs not worth yeah, a yeah, second yeah. or third rounder. He's in the he's in the final year of his contract. Why would you? How would you trade to something for him when you can get him for free next year? And I just well, the way the way the Colts do trades, for example. <laughs> Could, yeah, could be. could be. I mean, one thing I saw on Twitter, somebody posted, and it'll be quite funny, is uh, just trade Jimmy Grappler for Cream Hunt, because I would love to see Cream Hunt under Kyle Shanahan. That would be amazing that, to that see. That would be scary. And, and, would and the Browns love quarterbacks, you know? <laughs> At this point, they've got about nine on the team, so <laughs> give them another one. Yeah, I mean, why not? Do you know? I he, don't know. It would be better than anyone they've got available. At least you'd have someone who kind of knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, no, no offense to Jacoby Brissett, and I forget who the other one was that they signed. Dobbs, Dobbs, uh, and then Josh Rosen as well. Uh, Josh Rosen, oh, Josh. I say no offense, no, all the offense in the world. Josh Rosen, <laughs> seriously, Josh Rosen. Just Josh Rosen is the 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 quarterback equivalent of. Do you remember? It was, in fact, I think it was against the Browns. Do you remember the Philadelphia Eagles? They were playing a preseason game, and I think it was against the Cleveland Browns. And uh, I forget who the quarterback asked to say it's preseason. I don't even know who it was. And the quarterback like scrambles out, and the defensive lineman's chasing him and dives after him and misses him by about five yards. And you're like, who who are you diving at? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I need. I'm gonna find that clip. I'm gonna find out who it was who who did that because if you've not seen this clip, Jake, you have to see it because I, 
We'll have to put that on the Twitter because I do know. I'm going to find. In fact, I'm going to find it now. Um, I'll just do a wee, a wee Google search there, and that yeah. sounds like something from an advert. You know, like a Specsavers advert. It, I mean, like, it should does. I go to do, do you do you have Twitter up just now, Jake? Have you got it? I do. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I this is getting retweeted right now. Retweet. Um, we're uh, at the WinFL show, and this has come from Footballism TM. Uh, and he's actually yes, <laughs> Jesus, he's oh my days I mean, that's right. that, I, I thought I was going to give like you know at least a B for effort and, and like a, a, a <laughs> that, that's, like, that's something you would see you know I suppose NFL is played on a Sunday but in the football terms that's what you see in Sunday league I that, mean, that is. right for, for anyone who doesn't know <laughs> doesn't know what we're talking about Go on to Twitter and uh, at the WinFL show, we've, we've just retweeted footballism. It's now um, eight minutes to seven on Wednesday, the 10th of August, 2022. If you have to scroll back, just in case you're catching up with the podcast and you will see this. And I have no idea who the play- players are. It's the <laughs> every day it's on repeat. Every time I see it, it's funnier. Um, the Browns and Eagles. And the Browns quarterback number three is scrambling and it looks like a defensive... Well, he's number 64. you think I was an offensive lineman, but I, I mean, that's, it's an attempt, isn't it? That's an attempt to tackle. Some people, I'm still I'm looking at some of the comments and they're putting out a good thing. Of, <laughs> if I dive and I'm on the floor, I don't have to run back. So I, it might be an attempt, but it might have been a, you know... If I, you know that might have been what be the thought process. If I dive here, I don't have to run after him, so I'm just take take the easy option. <laughs> just that's the funniest thing I've seen. Do you know I remembered it when we were talking with George Rosen, and and I was like, oh, I'm trying to think of what the equivalent of someone who's just so away from what he should be doing. That play right there is the equivalent. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Jake. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm actually. <laughs> Tears when I do my eyes watching yeah, this. Like my, uh, uh, when I said, looks like it could be an expensive advert. Honestly, surprised that's not been made into an advert. I've just yeah, that's, that's 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 a swing and a miss if I've ever seen one. Oh, that's uh, that's brilliant. I need to stop watching it because I I will just continue <laughs> to laugh all the way through this. So I apologize. Oh, right. Anyway, so the Browns could probably use Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, the 49ers uh, could definitely use Kareem Hunt because they would make him look like the greatest thing since sliced bread. As we said, Kareem Hunt has talent. We know he's got talent. You put him into that Shanahan running scheme, oh, forget about it. Just phew, forget about it. That would be something else. Um, right, any more? Yeah. Any, 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 have I missed anything, Jake? I, I apologise, I distracted you. <laughs> With that video, well, I suppose with the with the Browns, like say they could use Jimmy Garoppolo because at the moment, sorry, it came uh, back up there and someone said, "Fly Eagles, fly!" <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm gonna mute my mic while you talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> On you go, pal. Okay, I'll try and hold it together. Uh, the um, we we're saying that they could use Jimmy Garoppolo because the the six games. That Deshaun Watson is out for the NFL has appealed it, which is what we were asking for last week. Um, I'm unsure how long it's going to take the appeal process, but the at the moment it's six games. 
the NFL have appealed it. I'm sure as soon as we, we hear otherwise, it will be all over Twitter. So it could be six games. Let's hope it, it is longer and the appeal is, is looked at. Um, but yeah, the Browns probably would take Jimmy Garoppolo right now, but I would assume they would have to cut at least one, if not two, of their quarterbacks in as they've got technically four, at least, on the roster at the moment. So. Well, I'm not counting Josh Rosen as I say, so three, we'll go with that. Yeah. I'm not sure if they've got any you know, rookies or younger quarterbacks or even you know, further backups. I know they've got... Of course, um, yeah. Set, Dobbs, Rosen, and, and you know, Sean Watson on the bench at the moment, so... I wonder if the I wonder if the the sort of the period for the appeal would actually run to the end of the current extension. Um, I I don't know the way the the legalities work over there. So let's say he starts this appeal still going on. He starts the suspension. I say he's week four. I wonder if they can still have the appeal and then they go boom. It's a year. You're now out for the year, or if there has to be before season start. I don't think I don't think it would have to be, because th- the other thing that. Um, now we're we're not going to get into the Sean Watson thing because we'll end up being here all night just talking about that. The other thing was though that surely, uh, even if if this appeal doesn't go uh, and it, the appeal gets quashed, surely the NFL can then just look and go down the other route and saying right, okay, so you've you've done your six games that was for your um sexual misconduct or whatever we're now going to suspend you for bringing the game into disrepute because they, they do that people all the time we're just going to suspend you for 11 games and it'll run after your six yeah, i mean i maybe maybe that's a legal thing that says they can't do that but i don't know why because they suspend people all the time and they I find think people the nflpa would, would the have something to say about that yeah they probably would wouldn't they probably would but it's certainly like i say that'll be another thing over the next like I, i'm assuming uh my Twitter feed is going to be very busy over the next few weeks with not only the preseason things, but with trades and with this kind of news in terms of getting ready for the season. You know, it's not uh, what what we see at the moment in terms of the, the rosters um, isn't necessarily what we'll see week one. So, or week seven, depending on under Sean Watson. So we'll, yeah. we we shall see. But I'm glad the NFL did appeal it. Um, that's what we were asking for and the bare minimum we were hoping for so um that that was a small relief that the nfl took it seriously at least and also wasn't happy with the six games yeah yeah well i we did we did cover this last week and uh, until we find out what happens with the appeal what, what do you reckon jake should we just leave this one alone for a wee while yeah put yeah, a pin in it and just keep an eye on it absolutely uh so we'll move on um any other news i mean it's all news uh apologies to anyone who's waiting for you know random stats and it's just it's just news that's all that's all we have at the moment <laughs> until we got our, our uh our preview episode uh pre-week one we've always got space for random stats but there was one other signing that i could really find a note um linebacker anthony barr one year up to three million with the cowboys um, apparently, it was between the Broncos and the Cowboys. I think both members of um, Vikings' previous staff work with the Broncos and the Cowboys. Um, he's decided to go to the Cowboys. Maybe that says that if Rokon Smith does come available, that the Broncos may also be looking at a linebacker. But the Cowboys certainly have one for the time being in Anthony Barr. They do indeed. Would you have liked to see him on the, on the Broncos? Um... Do you know, I, I would say yes, actually. I would say yes. Uh, He's certainly a good player on the, yeah. on the Vikings. So. 
So how much he's got left in the tank, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And the thing is, the Broncos, since Nathaniel Hackett came in, uh, not not Nathaniel I I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. George Payton came in. Um, obviously, he was with the Vikings for all those years, as we mentioned already. And um, they've he's basically been poaching as much as he can <laughs> from Minnesota. Um, we got Boone, the running back. Boone, who, who unfortunately was un- injured all of last year. And I think that well, from what I've heard, he's an excellent running back, Mike Boone. An excellent running back. Um, including from uh, Vikings fans who says he's, he's absolutely brilliant. He's just had a couple of issues with injuries and he missed all of last year with injury. Um, but good to see him come back. But I reckon George Payton's still keeping a weather eye on what's going on with, with Minnesota. Why not? If you can, if you've got, you know, knowledge or expertise mm-hmm. or, you know, an inside man and you can see an opportunity, you, you'd be daft not to take it. It's like you say, it happens quite, quite often. You see teams kind of have that kind of, Almost like a academy in terms of you know they follow either ex coaches or you know general managers. Um, I think it happened in terms of a lot of the Lions. Well, some of the Lions coaches are from the Saints, and then some of the players are from the Rams. I mean, if, if you're picking teams to kind of poach from, you're definitely wanting to pick you know the Super Bowl champion Rams, and uh, you know the Saints historically have been good on offense so the Lions are good about the smart way you know you certainly pick up players that know what they're doing they know the system especially you see that so why not if if they can understand the playbook I think that was something that they were saying with Roquan Smith is he's a kind of a 3-4 linebacker and the Bears are possibly moving to a 4-3 so that could be another reason the Bears aren't looking to offer him a lot of money so there is always more to these, uh, and that's why sometimes you do see perplexing either trades or free agents, or you know, you sat there looking at your team, going, "Why aren't we going after this player?" Well, maybe isn't a, a scheme fit and and things like that. So, I'm, I'm, to me, as a casual, I often uh, and I've been lucky, like he's even pointed out before, I follow the Saints. The entire time I follow the Saints, they've been kind of competitive, so maybe I'm just yeah. lucky. But I tend to trust the front office and, and hope they know what they're doing and, and they get their job right. So I'm sure there was a reason that these players go to these teams or all these teams chase these kind of players. So I, th- I think Anthony Barr's a, a really good linebacker. As long as he can stay fit and healthy, I'm sure he will contribute to, to the Cowboys. I, I think so. Uh, as you said, you know, a solid player. It all depends on... You know, um, how, how long are they going to play for? You know, what's what's the what are you looking to to get from someone? Do you sign a player where you might get two years, three years? Well, in some situations, absolutely. You do. D- depending on the player. But, um, you know, we look at the the Denver Broncos uh, signed Demarcus Ware back in. They got him for what 2014, 2015. He had two years for the team. They won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but that's all you need. We mentioned that. Mentioned that with the Rams last year, they picked up you know Von Miller, Odell Beckham. Of course, even if it was just for half a season, it's like we just need we know we're not expecting you to have you for five years. We just need you for half a season. We just need you to turn up in the postseason for crying out loud. Exactly. That's all. Just on the at the biggest stage, you know, at the biggest time when the game's on the line, can we rely on you to make one play? And that's that is it, because as long as you can keep these games close, that's when you can get these guys who maybe they, maybe they can't you know. I love Von Miller. He's he's one of my favourite players ever. 
I just I just love him so much. I love his energy. He's an incredible player. And he is a little bit older now. And you hate to see that. And, you know, I say, ah, oh, he's slowing down a wee bit. Yeah. But Vaughn Miller at 70% speed is still quicker than most people at 100. And that, that's that's the difference. And, and Odell Beckham Jr. Um, is still a top-class wide receiver. I, I don't know where you would rank him. A, fu- a fully healthy OBG. I don't know where you rank him. Maybe in the lower half of the top 10. Maybe just outside the top 10. Yeah, I was going to say top 10. You know, yeah. like you say, fully healthy. For a fully healthy. I, would, I wouldn't put him top 5. But, but maybe top 10. If not top 10, then, you know, 11 or 12. If, if you can name 10, that you would definitely take over him. Um, and, and it's just, that is all you need. But Buffalo, on the other hand, they were like, Vaughn Miller, we'll take you for six, <laughs> six years, 120 million. Yeah, quite right. I like to see that. Get him um, in the building. Any means necessary. By any Anthony means Ball, necessary. Anthony Barr, one year, up to three million. It feels like a very low risk. If it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. If it does work out and he can stay fit and healthy, Dallas will be very happy indeed. They certainly will be happy. That That's a good signing. That's a good sign. It's one of those ones that I saw on my feed and I thought, I'm going to take a note of that because that's something that he might not even make the team. You know, it could be one of these absolutely pointless ones, might not make the team, or come the end of the year, he could be a key contributor. Now, that was really it for the signings. Now, there was um, some deals or extensions. Another, you know, shock horror, another wide receiver. Um, <laughs> this time, Deontay Johnson from the Steelers. He got a two-year... 36.71 million extension. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a win-win for both teams. The Steelers keep uh, a good wide receiver happy because he was having a, a small hold in, wanting to get paid more. Um, but it's also a win for Deontay Johnson because, you know, two two years, 36.7 million, nothing to sniff at. Uh, but it does mean after the 2024 season, he becomes a free agent. So he's still a young man. He's getting paid more than he, he was. Um, he's got you know a nice boost in his pay packet, and then he still, if he continues on this trajectory of being a very good wide receiver, has the chance to get another big contract in a, in a couple of years. So it's one of those contracts that I think worked for both sides. Definitely, I mean that's 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 just good business, indeed. And it that's, is. That's the Steelers for you. Yeah. Well, how many times have we said that before? It's just constantly good business. Um, but I'm, I'm still don't know what's happening with the Steelers with regard to that quarterback position yet. Uh, rumors are recently. Yeah. I was going to say, have you seen this? You seen what I'm seeing? Um, I don't know. The last thing I saw that I think it said the rumors are that, uh, Trubisky is edging ahead. Yeah. I've been seeing that he's taking the more first, uh, first team reps and is, is likely to be the starter. I mean, it's, it's one of those, he throws a pick six or an interception that, the fans are going to want to see the local boy, the rookie. It, of it's, it, is, it feels like a borrowed time situation. Um, but I, I do think Mitch is going to start, you know, week one. It's just how long can he hold on to the job? You know, if he's playing lights out uh, like the MVP can, um, you know, maybe he keeps a job. If he does some of the bears, Mitch Trubisky, then we might be seeing Kenny Pickett sooner than you think. We might indeed. We do wait it's, and see in that one. F- it feels like a rough one because, like I say, if he has one bad game or one bad quarter, the fans are going to want to see the local boy. So it's it feels like a lose 
a lose-lose situation, but we'll see. Maybe he'll become a, a, a cult hero with his play. It it it, it does a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a tough it does one. a bit. It is a tough one, but I'm I'm rooting for Mitch. I know you're rooting for Mitch. Um, we'll, we'll I see. think he's just happy to have a chance to fight for a for, you know fight for a start and drop. He's not ready to you know he, on the it was the Bills wasn't it? He did a backup. He probably was thinking you know am I going to get another chance to to mm-hmm. fight for a start and job? He's got that chance you know. The, at least he's got the the power to do something about it. Like I say, it could kind of be a a poison chalice with the fact that. The local fans are going to want to see the local boy, but he'll probably just be happy to have the chance to to show what he's got again. Of course. Yeah, no, good for him. Good for him. There you go. Worst comes to worst. If he plays well and he does end up getting replaced, he'll, I'm sure he'll get another job. And You see so many times these quarterbacks stick around, so as long as he's a, a good fella in the, the film room, he might not be in the starter, but I'm sure he'll stick around as a, as a good backup. So we'll see. We know, um, like you say, we're rooting for him here. We are rooting for him here, and we know that if you're a good teammate and you study hard, yeah, you can be in this league for 15 years. Oh, your name's Joe Flacco because he's not either of those, but he's still here. That's now. true. That's true. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, how many? He's like three times in his career. He's probably come out and say, "I'm not helping him." I don't like that guy. Don't like. It's not my job to mentor him. Are you sure? Because your job that you seem to think is playing quarterback, you're not very good at that. So maybe you should be mentoring. Joe Fl- I don't like Joe Flacco. That's a- <laughs> I just that, that was a, an easy, easy but Joe Flacco. <laughs> I will segue this. Joe Flacco, most notably known for the Ravens. Yeah. And the Ravens keeping it in the, the AFC North. Uh-huh. Ravens handed out the most obvious extension, the easiest extension for that front office ever. Um possibly the greatest of all time, definitely in the the conversation. I think the, yep. the kicker, Justin Tucker, four years, twenty four million extension with seventeen and a half guaranteed. Well, the man deserves it. The man deserves it all. So, and, 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 like, you, does that make him the, the the richest kicker of all time? Do we know? I'm, I would I, would assume, I, so. I I cannot confirm, but I would assume so. And if not, he should because consistency. Oh, the and, man's a legend. You know, consistently great you know it's not just consistently you know a lot of times you would take a kicker who's just consistent you know scores most of his extra points misses a few field goals here and there just in um Tucker is just consistently awesome so yeah I mean when you think of of like all-time great kickers and you've got guys like Morton Anderson and Gary Anderson Adam Vinatieri uh Jason Elam all these guys you look at Justin Tucker and you think he's he's just miles ahead. It's he's miles ahead of everyone who's ever played this game at the kicking position. Um so good for him. Nice one. Well well deserved. And like you say, one of those no brainers, it feels like. Um there was a, a bit of love. So that's a kicker getting a lot of money. We love to see it. Um there was a bit of love for the fullbacks, Reggie Gilliam. I want to say I'm I'm going with Gilliam because it's spelled like William with a G, so I'll go with Gilliam. Uh, Two-year, five point two million extension. Good to see a fullback in the modern day getting paid. I mean, it's not not crazy money, but it's it's good money. I love uh, I love a fullback position. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. Uh, and then the 
strangest extension or supposed extension, and I wanted to get your your opinions on this because it's, it's ruffled my feathers a little bit. Is here, but let me find it on Twitter just so I can get it right. From Rapsheet himself, mm-hmm. Rams coach Sean McVay tells reporters that he did receive a new contract. He added that the team will announce it, or, or the team will wait to announce it until the new deal for GM Les Snead is done. Now, that's him announcing it, so I, I don't understand this. Because he's saying, the team will wait, you know, I've got a new contract, but we're not announcing it until Les Snead's got his contract. Why are you telling people that then? Because you're announcing it. It just, oh, it boils my blood. Well, it real, really yeah, boils my blood. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but it just upsets me. That, that kind of sentence just upsets me. It is, because it was like, do you remember the, uh, a few weeks ago when you were talking about the guy who like announced retired, his retirement retire? by saying, yep. I'm not going to announce my retirement, blah, 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 I'm retired, or I've just yep. retired, but I'm not going to announce it. You're like, well, so, so you are announcing it. What's wrong with you? Like, why would you even say something like that? I, I'm assuming McVeigh is saying they're not announcing the details until... Yeah. But to say, I've got my new contract, but we're not going to announce it until we've announced this new contract it's like well you did <laughs> like you might be a good coach but you're very bad with the english language <laughs> everybody know like if he wasn't retiring you know the, you know after the super bowl is you know is aaron donald gonna retire or is you know is sean mcveigh gonna retire mm-hmm. aaron donald got a contract obviously sean mcveigh got a contract it, you know no one is surprised by this news but it's just the way it's maybe it just reads poorly and it was, you know, said differently, but it just the way it reads on the tweet from, from Rapsheet just annoyed me. I've got a deal, but we're not really announcing it yet, so you know, yeah, never mind. But yeah, it's just one of those. I read it and I was like, ugh, just feels smarmy. Maybe it's just me. Um, no, it, it it does a it does a little. It does a little. I can see exactly where you're coming from with that. Suppose all that's left is the the doom and gloom oh, of the no, injuries. No, I don't want to talk about it. The injuries. training camp taking more more knees, more ankles, more more players. Yeah. The the, the new signing that we covered um so a couple of weeks ago, Nikhil Harry, high ankle sprain. Now that is the same injury Michael Thomas had. Mm. They've said they're not know you know not knowing how much time he'll miss. You know, could be a few weeks, could be a few months. I mean, Michael Thomas got that at the start of the twenty twenty season, tried to play through it, and then hasn't played since. So, err. My my advice to Nikhil Harry and the, and the Bears would be err on the side of caution. Don't don't play through it. Don't reaggravate it because. It, and, it can it yeah. can take years off your career. And, and they they basically got Nikhil Harry essentially to replace Alan Robinson. Yes, and which is um, a questionable decision. Well, yeah, it's it, it's a downgrade. Yes. Um, no, no offense, Nikhil Harry. Uh, you know, if you're listening, no offense. Uh, but Alan Robinson is, um, in my in my opinion, and a lot of others, uh, just a, a a better wide receiver. And um, so it, it was a downgrade. And now it looks like he's he well he's definitely going to miss some games as you said we we don't know it could be yes there's no he, no time could, scale right yeah now. he he might miss the first four weeks he might miss the entire year we we just don't know um, that's a thing with a lot of these sprains and the problem is that some of these players tried to come back from injury too quick 
Because something that we often forget with a lot of professional athletes, um, especially ones who've been doing it for a while, is that they are basically in constant pain. It's constant. Something hurts all the time. So they have they have a very high pain threshold. So they think that feels okay. It's a bit niggly. To me and you, we we we'd be on crutches, you know. Uh, but their their pain threshold is obviously much higher than ours. And when you get certain uh, sprains. Obviously, things like ligaments are completely different because it does, it makes no difference how fit you are or how strong you are. Ligaments can take so much and there's, there's a limit. You can't strengthen uh, those ligaments. So that's a different thing. But when you're talking about like um, muscle sprains and or, or joint sprains, and these these are things that are players, some, you know, certain sprains, you can, you can play through it. You get people with bruised ribs and they can play through it, just play through the pain and you'll be fine. But what you do is you're you're making it worse. You're making the injury worse by aggravating it. Even if you don't think you are and you say, you know, I'll just take a painkiller and I'll be okay. No, you won't. That's the worst thing you can do. Now, I'm not a medical expert, so don't get me wrong here. But um, I, when I was a, a, a very small tangent here, Jake. <laughs> Apologies. When I was about 18 years old, I slipped a disc in my back. Uh, actually, funny story about that. And I'm not I'm not above sharing it with our listeners. So uh, when I was 18, this won't take long, I promise. When I was 18, I used to work in a fish processing factory on the Isle of Barra. And uh, I spent all day lifting fish boxes, uh, you know, boxes full of fish, and uh, sacks full of scallops, and we would, we would process, you know, the fish would get gutted, the scallops get shelled, no, uh, not gutted, filleted, sorry, and we'd shell the scallops and do all that, and it was, it was hard work, really hard work. The, uh, these boxes weighed, you know, 30, 40 kilos at a time, and, and it was really, really heavy, and I was we'd be doing this every single day, like just lifting boxes, and stacking boxes, and lifting sacks, and emptying them, and moving stuff around, um, and... I went home. Now, what you had to do every day when you went home, the first thing you did was you'd take a boiler suit off and you'd have a shower and you'd have to scrub yourself because those scales, the fish scales would stick to your skin and they were murder to get off. I don't know if you've ever had any experience, Jake, with fish scales. Have you ever, uh, you ever done any fishing? you ever had to gut a fish or fillet a fish at all in your life? Thankfully, no. I went fishing once for about six hours, caught a crayfish. Um, that, that was bad. It was very unsuccessful. So, <laughs> not been since. Well, well, it's uh, it's 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 dirty, smelly work. So, what happened was, I went home and uh, took off the boiler suit, straight into the washing machine, and then I went into uh, the bathroom and I was having a shower. And I came out to the shower, and me being a, a bit of a, a a messy person, as my wife will testify, um, I, I my, my towel was on the floor instead of on the the towel rack thing you know the, the the pole that you what's it called towel rack yeah so instead of being on there my towel was on the floor but i dumped it when i went into the shower and i came out and i leaned over to pick up my towel and bang slipped a disc popped out and i was bent over like a half shut knife with one hand on the floor one leg on the floor 
and I was absolutely just paralyzed. Couldn't move because if I did, the agony was just, it was like like hot flames shooting through my back and right into like my legs. And it was it was unbearable. The pain was relentless. So what I did was, as, I, as I'm leaning and, and I was like, oh, oh no, I need to just, if I can pick the towel up, at least I can get the towel. Because, you know, for, uh, if there's any young listeners out there, you know, block your ears at this point. But I was absolutely bollock naked. Starkers, dripping wet, just come out of the shower and, and I can't move. So I'm trying to pick up the towel. But if I move anything, even my arm, it's agony. And I'm, I was sitting there and I was like, ah, well, I'm not sitting, I'm standing, sort of crouched over going, oh, it's so painful, so painful. And I literally couldn't move. I tried to take a step and it was agony. I was in that position for the best part of an hour and a half. My father came home and he 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 chaps the door to the bathroom and he's like, are you still in there? And I, and I was like, yes. I says, uh, I'm, I'm just, you just give me a minute. Give me a minute. I've, by this point, I'm shivering because I was, I was soaking wet. I've kind of dried off, but I'm shivering. Uh, and then after another sort of 10 minutes, he, he bangs the door. He's like, you need, you need to hurry up. He says, I need to in the bathroom. And, and I says, well, you, you can't get in. I'm in the bathroom. So we had one of these bathroom locks. And you know the kind of locks that has the wee thing built into the handle, the wee button that you push and you twist. You know the ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had one of those. Now, you can actually, these have a safety feature on the other side. You can open it from the outside if you stick a skewer through or a very, very thin object, a skewer. So my dad says, I'm coming in. I says, you can't come in. So anyway, eventually he comes in. (laughs) He opens the door and he's like, what the hell are you doing? And I bent over. (laughs) It's like, all he could see was the top of my head and half of my backside sticking up in the air. He's like, what what are you doing? I says, I've I've done something to my back. I can't move. So anyway, we get all sorted out and I get, uh, like, get barely dressed, like chuck on some, uh, like a, uh, a hoodie or, a, or whatever it was at the time, I was bent over double for like a, a week. I had to sleep on the floor because I couldn't sleep in the bed. And the doctors, he said, did you get painkillers? The only thing he would give me was paracetamol. Now, I was in agony. I was like, Doc, you got to give me some painkillers. He says, I can, but if I do, you won't feel any pain. You'll be walking around upright and you'll just be aggravating it. And you'll make it worse. And I was like, you know, this is this is unbearable. He says, no, no, you, you can't. Take some paracetamol. Go home. And that's what that's I got. one of those thank me later kind of things. Yeah. Like he says, you would feel a lot better, a lot less pain. But like you say, you'd end up doing something worse to it. Exactly. Because once the painkillers wore off, he says, you've, you've now just knackered your back and you can't walk. You'd be, you'd be with walking sticks of crutches for the rest of your life. Because you'll be aggravating this injury. This is a bad injury. Slip disc, a bad injury. So, so paracetamol, there you go. The, the, the same thing has to... That was a long way round to, to get to my point, which was, if you got an injury, don't just take a painkiller and carry on through because you risk aggravating it to the point where you might start with a, a high ankle sprain. You take some painkillers, you feel fine, then you're running around and you're cutting. Uh, for example, if you're a wide receiver, you're cutting or someone rolls over it and, ah, it's sore, but it's fine. See when those painkillers wear off? And your your leg has been snapped in half, and you ba- barely noticed it. And that's that's not good. So yeah, that, that that's what I was going with that story. You didn't need to hear all that. 
I don't even know why I went there, but I did. So, yeah, thank, thank that, me that's later. For that our, that, that's that's why our listeners tune in for, for your tendons. <laughs> um, now there is two injuries that I've noticed that we do have timetables for, and they are season ending or, or basically season ending. Now there's Mackay Beckton. Um, the left tackle uh, for the Jets yes, yes. left practice with a knee injury. Um, at first, they weren't sure how bad it is, and then it turns out it was worse than they first expected, and and most likely out for the season. And now, obviously, this off season there was quite a few stories about him, you know, maybe being overweight, and you know, is he going to be a bust? Because is he, you know, going to fulfil the potential he has? Because he's a a monster of a man. Um, and certainly looked like the ideal tackle. Yeah. This is just a brutal, uh, brutal injury. I mean, Robert Salah, the head coach, came out and gave a, a, a nice pes- uh, press conference saying, like, this isn't the end kind of thing. We, you know, we'll support him and want him back. But it's just brutal when you see a young player go down with a season-ending injury, especially when he could have been making a big statement this year to say, "I am, you know, I am this beast that everyone made me out to be. So yeah. that, that was definitely a, a sore one. It certainly was. I, when I saw that, I felt really bad for him. I thought that's there's some. I don't know. There's something about Mackay Beckton that I really like. I don't know what it is, um, but I was like, I was one of those people who thought he's going to prove it now. This this is where he, he's going to shine, um, and he's you know the second year with the with Zach Wilson, he's going to be great. It's going to look great, and then this happens. You're like, well, there we go. That's one of those where you've got to worry about kind of the mental aspect, you know, mental health as well as the physical health. Because of course, dealing with all of this all off season in terms of these stories and these negative comments, and then you know the best way to to shut them up and to get back into the swing of it is you know prove it on the pit field, which he was obviously looking forward to doing, and then yeah. to not even make it to to the first preseason game is like I say for me that's got to be harder to to swallow mentally than it has physically i'm sure physically it doesn't feel great either but mentally it must be so deflating see when you think of of players like uh i mean we keep mentioning them you know guys like christian mccaffrey sequon mm-hmm. Barkley, who've missed like extensive amounts of time but they're still in in the infancy of their career hopefully um i mean i don't think like i wouldn't say christian mccaffrey needs to prove anything we we know what he can do when he's fully healthy um, and I think you could say the same about Saquon Barkley. His rookie year, he was an absolute giant. He was he was he was fantastic. Uh, but injuries have derailed it. But you, you look at someone on the flip side of that, like Travis Etienne, who we mentioned a, a couple of weeks ago. I think mm-hmm. he's you know he got drafted high draft pick, um, and then immediately injured and missed his entire year. You, I think. I think you're right, Jake. I think maybe we forget about how the th- this will affect players mentally. You know, Etienne because Etienne was uh, had high stock coming out of college. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he does this year. I, you know, for his sake, I hope he does well. Oh, uh, he's definitely, like you say, definitely a player I'm rooting for because it's so easy to forget that these athletes. I know they get paid millions of dollars and they live a a cushy lifestyle and you know they don't have much to complain about but people tend to forget they are humans as well of and course they are like I say you know even for Christian McCaffrey like I say we know what, how good he is he's been paid you know he gets paid fantastically because he is very good but at the same time it can't be fun for him going onto social media at any point and everyone's always made a glass you know 
I'm not drafting him in this year or he ruined my fantasy season. I don't think he really cares when he's injured and hurt that he's ruined yeah. your fantasy season. You yeah, know? I, I think that the last thing he cares about when he's been carted off the pitch is like, oh no, uh, Bob from Ohio had me in his fantasy team and now I've lost him the league. And now I'm going to get death threats because I cost him his championship weekend. Yeah, it's oh just, no. People need to, people need to uh, just behave. Take with, a step back. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, they, and again, these are young guys. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's been in the league, what, three years now? Three years, four years? He's, what is he, 25, 26? He's, he's not an old man. You know, it's not like he's he's gone through all this. He's a young guy. And Travis Etienne, what, what is he, 22? So, um, yeah, I, I'm rooting for them. No one likes to see anyone get injured. We don't like that. Um, but obviously, I think it does affect certain people more than others. Because if you've already had a a 12, 15-year career, and then you get an injury. Yeah, it, it of course, that's sad. But you don't, you've you got nothing to prove to anyone. You got injured, and everyone's like, oh, you got injured, that's a shame. But if it's early in your career, and you get injured, and then maybe you get injured again, and then, as you say, people start talking, oh, well, you know, oh, he's, he's only going to play three games. What's the point of having him on the team? What's the point of drafting him in your fantasy? You're talking about fantasy there. Um, it, that that can't be good. That can't be good for your mental health. It really can't. And even you know, if you do after a tie, you got, you're going to be sat there for the rest of your life. You know what could have been. You know what what of could course. I have done? And you're going to you're going to probably end up resenting football because you're going to mm-hmm. see these players doing all these things and being like, "I was that good." You know, I could have been doing that. I mean, speaking of people that have been in the league, you know, 12, 15 years picking up an injury. That this this one that I saw it was Jason Kelsey uh, underwent elbow surgery. I expect it to be ready for week one, um, or at least you know early in the season. So it's not season ending. Um, I think the Eagles probably are okay with this because they've got cover there. They drafted Cam Jurgens out of Nebraska in the second round. Yeah, I mean Kelsey's an absolute you know stalwart on that defense. He's going to be playing this season, but um, it's not a position that you know. Like I say, I'm sure they'll be okay if they do have to miss him for a couple of weeks and. This most likely is his last season, or his, you know, last couple of seasons. He, like I say, he's got nothing left to prove. You know, everyone knows how good um, Jason Kelsey is. Um, but like I say, I'm glad to see that one is expected back. You know, week one or, or early in the season, anyway. Yeah, well, we'll ho- hopefully to see them back, and uh, good luck to all the players this year. Uh, hopefully, stay injury free as much as possible. Yeah, the only other one I saw, which is. Relevant for us because we love our special team. This was Jakeem Grant, an all-pro returner. Um, he's also a receiver for the Browns, kind of like Devin Hester kind of player. Um, uh, tore his Achilles and done for the year. Um, he was one during some of the, the training camp. Uh, was really showing promise of kind of breaking out into more of a wide receiver role as well, taking more snaps there. Um, I mean, he's all-pro in terms of special teams, but... Um, was looking to, to contribute more on the offense as well. So that one, I know the Browns and, and Kevin Stefanski was very upset about and just heartbroken, like we say, for the player in terms of what a chance he had to kind of show what he's got and then to have it taken away so early in, in training camp, like I say, before preseason. It's I said it last week and I'll say it again this week. I'm ter- terrified of opening up Twitter sometimes because you're just thinking who's who's gone down next, so... We, yeah. we spoke all off-season, Matt. So looking forward to having football back. I'm looking forward to having week one because I am just just want to 
all wrap the players in bubble wrap until week one. But I know you can't do that because otherwise week one we would have fifty two injuries. But it is the nature of the game, but it just sucks. <laughs> it really does. I think the I don't know if they still do it. The Arizona Cardinals used to play all of their starters in the in the final week of preseason, which is opposite to what most teams do. Most teams don't play any of their starters in the final week of preseason. Like none whatsoever. They have a few reps in uh, in in the second to last week, and then that's it. But the Arizona Cardinals used to play all of their starters in the final week of preseason. I never liked that. I was like, you shouldn't do that. But I can kind of see the lot whether like, you know, it's it's a good a proper game practice for them. But see if someone got injured in preseason. I don't get me wrong, people get injured at any time. You can get injured in week one, week two, week three, preseason, off season, doesn't matter. But um I I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like to see the starters out too much in preseason. Well, you see the argument towards the end of the season where, you know, you've guaranteed you know, you've got your playoff berth, you mm-hmm. you can't kind of change your seed, you know, you're either the number one or you know, you're guaranteed a wild card and teams rest players and it's you see the 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 four and you know the, the pros and the cons. Some people, you know, will will rest our starters because we don't want to get any injuries going into the playoffs. We need everyone at hundred percent. And then on the flip side, everyone goes, well, you've just, you know, say if you've got a first-round bye, because I remember the Colts did it one year, they had a first-round bye, rested Peyton Manning and all the starters. They didn't play for them for like three weeks because they, you know, didn't play, had a first-round bye, then played, and they then went out. And it's like, well, yeah, were they rusty? You know, were they kind of, you know, they've not had a, a game simulation for, you know, two, three weeks. So it's, now, it's one of those. You're absolutely right. Now, prior to that... Um, when so they, I think they were thirteen and zero, or possibly fourteen and zero. Oh yes, yeah. And the then they announced the team. So uh, for argument's sakes, let's say they were fourteen and zero. I forget what they actually were. They were either thirteen or fourteen and zero. Um, and they announced the team. Um, was it t- Tony Dungy at the time? I can't remember. Yes, who, I think it was. was. Um, and they announced the team for for the following week's game, and like. None of the starters were playing. Like, none of them. And the fans were like, well, hang on a second, we could go undefeated. Why would you not play it? Or also, you know, I've got guys in my fantasy team. I've got Reggie Wayne in my fantasy team or, or Marvin Harrison, whoever. Uh, and and he was getting vilified in the local press for not playing as starters. And then, because they lost that, that uh, first playoff game, the fans and the media essentially felt vindicated saying uh, that's because you didn't play your starters in the last two weeks of the season. Plus, you could have gone undefeated. But then Tony Dungy came back and said, if I had started Peyton Manning in week 16 and he got injured going into the playoffs, I would have been run out of town. And, and he's absolutely right. If you if you're already 15 and 0, 14 and 0, you've, you've got the first round by, you're the number one seed, and then you're like, ah, let's go for the undefeated season. And then you play Peyton Manning, and he got injured. Everyone would be saying, why are you playing Peyton Manning? What What are you doing? So he was already damned if you do, damned if you don't. Poor, poor Tony Dungy. That was, that was, that was a well, rough Tony, one for him. Tony, you, you play to win the game, Tony. You play to win the game. <sighs> yes, you do. <laughs> like you say, hindsight is you know twenty twenty as they say because you know you play Peyton Manning and he goes down you know 
in the fourth quarter of your last game, everyone's going to go, "Why? What is he doing in there? What, you know, why is he in there?" Yeah. Um, but like you say, if you then bench him at halftime, I've gone, oh, I've got to have him in my fantasy team. Or, oh, he could have got this record. So it is uh, sometimes these people that get paid a lot of money are just unwell. They get paid a lot of money because they're probably mentally battered as well by going well. I can't win. I'm in a lose-lose situation, but it, it's always something that interests me. I'd, I'd never really thought about it too much with preseason, but you're quite right, especially if there's teams that do different things. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the end, you know, preseason, it's interesting to see snaps, and then at the end of the season, um, where the teams start sitting, team, you know, sitting players as well. It's a lot of teams do different things, and like they, you say, it's, it is a lose-lose sometimes. Oh, it, it definitely is. Back in nineteen um, ninety-eight. When Terrell Davis ran for 2,000 yards for the Denver Broncos, um, I believe he sat out five and a half quarters that season. No, tell a lie. Nine and a half quarters over two full games because they were obliterating opponents. And Mike Shanahan was like, right, you're on the bench now for the fourth quarter. And he went for 2,000 yards that season. He could easily have beaten Eric Dixon's record. But Mike Shanahan was like, well, you say that, but if he'd been in in the fourth quarter and we'd up by 35 points and he someone rolls over his leg, <laughs> that's your season done. So, yeah, there's there's a, there's a bit of that. There is a bit of that. Um, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You can't win. But, you know, when you get paid millions, I suppose it's easy to make those decisions. I suppose it is. <laughs> but that, that's all I really had for the news. Like I say, it's not... I mean, we've been speaking for an hour and a half, but there wasn't an awful lot. There was, you know, deals, a uh, couple of sidings, sadly a few injuries. We had the, the Roquan Smith trade request and then the Bengals stadium name change. But that yes. kind of wraps it all up, I believe. That is the news. Um, so thank you very much, Jake. Succinctly done and uh, very professionally done, if I do say so myself. Now, we should move on to our uh, next and final segment, which is, of course... Random stats. So, Jake, would you like to start off with a random stat for this week? I will, and I've got some good news for your Denver Broncos. Well, hey! At least one team has gone worst to first, winning their division the season after finishing, um, well, finishing in or tied for last place in 17 of the last 19 NFL seasons. So that is good news for the Jets, the Jags, the Ravens, the Browns, the Broncos, the Giants, the Lions, the Panthers, and the Seahawks. Statistically, at least one of them is going to go worst to first. I mean, 17, sorry, did you say 17 and 19 years? Yeah, 17 of the last 19 seasons, someone has gone worst to first. Who says there's no parity in the NFL? Yeah, quite right. So, you know, a team that jumps out to me would be the Ravens or the Browns, depending on the the quarterback situation. The AFC North is going to be anyone's game and the Ravens certainly will be looking to to go first that'll be their their aim the the Broncos and the the stacked AFC West I mean the Jags the AFC South is is pretty wide open you I mean the Colts have got to be favorites what the Titans doing I mean there's there's a a few even the Lions you never know hard knocks get me get me all hyped up for the Lions a lot of talent in that Lions team but I, I feel safe saying the Seahawks are not going to go worse to first. That, that, that's one I would put my hat. You know, there's a few, like I say, the Ravens that I kind of expect to be 
worst to first or or close, but the the Seahawks are, are very much the opposite to me. They are, if they're anywhere near first place by the se- even the second half of the season, I'll be be very impressed. Um, I'll, I'll be surprised. I'll be <laughs> really surprised if that's the case. They they're more likely to go from worst to even worse. I guess it's more likely. But I thought that was you know, like say seventeen of the last uh, nineteen NFL seasons. So hold out hope for your Broncos. I always do, Jake. As far as I'm concerned, we're undefeated at the moment, and it'll stay that way until someone beats us. So there you are. That's where. Long may it continue. Long may it continue. <laughs> um, nice random start there, Jake. I like that. Seventeen and nineteen. Who would have thought? Odds are in your favour. They certainly are. Okay, so my random stat um, is going back in time. We're going back to the 1982 season. And I'm going to talk about a player who was a pro bowler in 1982. Um, He was third in the voting for Offensive Player of the Year. He was first team All-Pro and League MVP in 1982. And his name was Mark Mosley. Kicker for the Washington Now Commanders. Now, the 1982 season was a strike-shortened season. Nine games that season. And Mark Mosley, keep in mind, this guy won MVP. He made 20 out of 21 extra points and 16 out of 19 field goals. And the random stat is literally, this guy won MVP. And you think, what? How? He missed three field goals and he only t- tried 19. He made 84.2% of his field goals and he won MVP in 1982. Mark Mosley, strike short in season. That just blows my mind. Just doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It doesn't compute. No, it doesn't. I mean, 20 out of 21 field goals, that's pretty good. 95.2% on the year. Missed one. But then you had guys like, well, Gary Anderson went like two and a half years without missing a field goal. <laughs> it's like, he, never even, he never sniffed an MVP. We're talking about Justin Tucker earlier. I mean, do you think, do you think he'll ever even get a single vote for MVP? I, I think he could go flawless. And they, the, the Ravens could refuse to score touchdowns and only kick field goals. And he still, like you say, would be lucky to see a vote. Yeah, the, the only way Justin Tucker or any kicker gets a vote for MVP is if he hits a last-second game-winning field goal every single week and they go undefeated. And even then, they'll probably get... It'll be Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, <laughs> yeah. Because that, that's, that's, that's the only possi- possible scenario. Or if Lamar, like everyone else on the Ravens gets injured and he's the only person who plays in every game. Something like that. The the circumstances for a kicker to get an MVP vote is just ridiculous. And in 1982, Mark Mosley won MVP hitting 84% of his field goals. Uh, uh, um, his, extra, his extra points, sorry. He missed three extra points. And this was before the extra points got moved back. This was when they were snapping it from the two-yard line. I think I would hit 
eighty percent of well, I, no, actually, <laughs> no, I, I, that's not. I, no. You see people where they tweet these things and then yeah. they make them do it and they make a fool of themselves. No. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fall into that trap. Definitely but not. But I think any NFL quick kicker should be able to make eighty percent of the extra points. There we go. Not, well, not me personally, but any yeah, NFL, any NFL kicker, even even guys just come out of college, you'd expect them to make eighty four percent of their extra points. Now. The other thing is, uh, Mark Mosley was one of... I don't know where this came from. He was what they call a, a straight-ahead kicker. Oh, if, yes, yes. You know what I'm talking about. A toe punt. A toe, a toe punter. That, that's what he was. He would, this, he put his left foot... I think he was right-footed. So he put his left foot dead next to the ball, and then he would bring his right foot down and punt it with his toe through, through, the, through the uprights. And I was watching a game and I can't remember years ago back in the late 80s early 90s and um, they were talking about I think it was the Cincinnati Bengals kicker by the name of Jim Breach I want to say it was Jim Breach it could be wrong uh, but I remember the commentator saying oh he's one of these soccer style kickers and he has a natural hook and I'm going what the hell does that mean how do you how do other people kick and it wasn't until until this guy, this commentator, I can't remember the commentator, had said this about Jim Breach, the, the kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals. I started, like, paying attention to how kickers... Because I wasn't really paying attention. And there was a lot of straight-ahead kicks, toe-punting. And I'm going, why are they doing that? <laughs> that makes no sense. I just couldn't understand it. I mean, even as a as a as a as a child, surely, if you're going to kick someone, you don't. That, that's it. It looks so unnatural. It looks like the most unnatural way to kick something. So yeah, that's. I don't know where that style came from, um, but it's, it's bizarre. But so yeah, that was it. That was Mark Mosley, straight ahead kicker. That's probably why he missed three of his extra points. Toe punting. It will be, guarantee it. MVP, nineteen eighty two. Never uh, to be repeated. That's, that's well, pretty confident saying that. Yeah, I, I think we can say he's the the, the the only kicker and the last kicker ever to uh, be voted the most valuable player. So yes, and third in in rank offensive player of the year. Uh, how? What were other teams doing? See, I'll need to look. I'll need to delve deeper into nineteen eighty two season. Uh, that, that's something that always confuses me when. For example, TJ Watt wins MVP, but Aaron Donald wins the Defensive Player of the Year. It's like, well, how can TJ Watt not be the Defensive Player of the Year if he won MVP? It happens sometimes with the offense. Oh, well, it's all the time. They, always the offense. It's yeah. Someone wins MVP, and then someone on the same position or the same you know side of the field wins Offensive Player of the Year. I was like, well. How can you be the MVP of the entire league, but not the offensive player of the league? I think what they need to do is restructure that because the MVP is inevitably going to be a quarterback. It's yeah. the most important position. The, the only way a quarterback's not winning it is if you have an absolutely legendary season. I'm trying to remember the last time a defensive player won MVP award. Huh. Um... Because they have defensive player of the year, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the token, like, oh look, we don't forget about you. Um, 
let's have see and you google it and it just comes up with defensive player of the year that's all that comes up um oh hang on a second let's let's have a look here the mvp award i mean so the last non-quarterback to win it was adrian peterson 2012 and then before then it was lt 20 uh, 2006 um, 2006 LT Marshall Sean Falk Alexander. 2000, oh, sorry, Sean Alexander, beg your pardon. Uh, Marshall Falk in 2000, Terrell Davis 98, Barry Sanders 97, Emmett Smith Looking for a defensive player. Thurman uh, Thomas 91, Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor, Taylor 1986. The last defensive player. To win. And you look right. So I'm gonna go through some of these names with you, right? Just just so you get it. Uh, we'll just go up to the 90s. So you know, these are some of the, the people who won. So you had uh going backwards, Terrell Davis, Barry Sanders, Brett Favre, what a three times in a row. Steve Young, Emmett Smith, Steve Young again, Thurman Thomas, Joe Montana, Boomer Esiason won it in 88 for the Cincinnati Bengals. John Elway probably shouldn't have won it. Um, that's the first time I'm agreeing. That John Elway did not deserve that because Jerry Rice should have. Lawrence Taylor in '86. Then you got Marcus Allen, Dan Marino, Joel Theismann, and there's Mark Mosley, place kicker. <laughs> and you think, what in the name of the wee man is he doing there? This is ridiculous. Uh, and you got quarterback, running back, quarterback, running back, quarterback, running back, defensive tackle, Alan Page, 1971. There have only ever been two defensive players to win. The, uh, in fact, that can't be right. Has every other winner been a quarterback or a running back? Yep. Yes, they have. There's been no other position winner other than uh, Lawrence Taylor at linebacker, Mark Mosley at kicker. What? <laughs> that makes no sense. And Alan Page, defensive tackle, Minnesota Vikings, 1971. That's crazy. Isn't that that that's crazy? Just makes it feel like less of an like a like you say it should just be renamed at this point. Yeah, they should just they just have like the the, the the quarterback of the year. Just have that. Just do away with MVP because we all know it's going to be a quarterback, or just have that as the quarterback and then have the offensive player of the year be every other position. That's the way she, they should do it. Anyway, I'm talking nonsense again, so do apologise there, Jake. Um, so, we've basically come to the end of our show. Did you have anything you wanted to add? No, just uh, we got an extra random start in there when we were just bemused by the lack of defensive <laughs> love by the MVP. We certainly did. Um, so, that is the end of our show. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Jake. Once again, it's always a pleasure to talk to you on a Wednesday. Look forward to it, and, and we'll go again next week, and we'll see... I can say what news has evolved in the, in the week coming. Yes, and we will actually be able to talk about some of the preseason action because at least we'll we'll know uh, from week one uh, preseason what what kind of things we're looking at. Uh, maybe there's a player jumps out, takes your uh, catches your eye, and we'll be able to see that. And look forward to week two preseason. Hopefully, not too many injuries. Um, and of course we'll always have random stats and we do love that Um, so thank you once again Jake and thank you everybody for listening to this week's WinFL show